welcome to Corpus Christi Anglican Church. I'm Morgan, our planting clergy. Our vision of this church is to become a common people in common prayer for uncommon transformation. This podcast is where you will hear our sermons and other teachings that have happened at Corpus Christi. We primarily serve the region of Springfield, Franconia, and Kingstown. We're glad that you're here. Thanks for taking time to listen. Here's the message. Well, 40 years ago, when my family was driving down from our home then in Northeast Ohio to Central Virginia, we were passing through Southwest Virginia on US 460 when a new song came on the radio. Its chorus went partially like this. You take it on faith, you take it to the heart. The waiting is the hardest part. That song was The Waiting by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. It stuck in my brain then, and it still lies in wait in some corner of my mind today, like a, and like a thousand other songs, it comes into my head at, without warning at any moment. Well, here at Corpus Christi Anglican, Father Morgan and Father Ryan have been delivering a homily slash sermon series on patience recently. And waiting requires patience. Waiting is also what we find the apostles and the other followers of Christ doing in today's New Testament reading from Acts chapter 1. Jesus has recently ascended to the Father, to God the Father, after instructing them to wait in Jerusalem for the promised baptism of the Holy Spirit, as we see in Acts 1, verses 4 and 8. But the disciples have another concern. Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? In verse 6. Even after Jesus' resurrection, they expect that Jesus will end Roman rule and make Israel an earthly self-governing power again. But Jesus responds in verses 7 and 8 with a cryptic non-answer and then assents, leaving them with an unmet expectation. It is against this backdrop that we have to consider the account of how an apostle was selected to replace Judas. We should perhaps recall that Jesus appointed 12 apostles to judge the 12 tribes of Israel, as we, as we read in Matthew 19, 28. There could not then be just 11 apostles for the kingdom to not only be restored to Israel, but to have its purpose fulfilled through Christ. Uh, um, my place, sorry. There had to be a 12th apostle one who would be a witness to the resurrection of Christ, as we see in verse 22. Now, if we're honest, we have all experienced cases of unmet expectations from God, and we almost certainly have some right now. Maybe we have some achings in our hearts, or we have some issues in our lives, but God seems horrifically silent on them, despite our many prayers. Jesus is our shepherd, but in our pain, we experience want. Or maybe we have desires associated with being a member of the body of Christ, the church, that have not been met, and we have uncertainty about, or even a hardness of heart toward the institutional church. Jesus is our shepherd, but we're not sure we trust his body. Personally, um, sometimes I've followed what everything I can tell is God's leading, only to feel like God has yanked out the rug from under me later. 
uh, we might have other experiences which we use other analogies for, but whatever analogy we might use, and whatever our unmet expectations might be, because there are thousands that they can be, we probably experience some impatience. So, given that, how can we faithfully follow our shepherd in the midst of these experiences? And what can we learn from the decision to choose a 12th apostle about how to respond to expectations we have that God has not met? I suggest that from our scripture passage, we see three responses. Number one, take a step or steps of faith. To select a new apostle required faith that our risen, ascended Lord was continuing to work out his plan for Israel, even when the apostles' expectations of what that would look like was still unmet. The apostles displayed their faith through their devotion to prayer, as we see in verses 14 and 24, and their newfound understanding of how the Old Testament scriptures pointed to Jesus. Jesus had opened their eyes to how the scriptures spoke of him before he ascended. And now Peter found understanding of how to respond to Judas's absence in Psalm 69, parts of which New Testament writers saw fulfilled in Jesus' betrayal and crucifixion, and in Psalm 109. That appropriation of the scriptures required faith. For us, faith might involve persevering in patient wonder at what Jesus has done for us on the cross, as Father Ryan implored us to do last week. Or, faith might involve learning to wrestle with God, to be honest with Him about what we're feeling, and to hang on to Him for dear life with the demand that we experience His blessing, as Jacob did. Whatever blessing God chooses to give us might not look like our unmet expectation, but it will be to our benefit nonetheless. So number one, take a step of faith. Number two, trust that God knows everyone's heart, hearts and will act for our good. Disciples prayed with trust because, that because God knows everyone's heart, he could show them which candidate he had chosen to take Judas's place, as we see in verse 22. This verse echoes 1 Samuel 16, 7, which tells us that while we fallen, fallible human beings know and judge people based on, upon appearances, God alone knows and judges them based upon accurate understandings of their hearts. Because God alone knows our hearts, the deepest parts of ourselves, and because as a loving father, he desires good things for his children. As we read in the sermon, as we read in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 11, we can trust him when he doesn't meet our expectations. Because the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want. As Psalm 23 tells us. So number one, take a step of faith. Number two, trust that God knows everyone's heart and will act for our good. And number three, walk patiently amidst disappointment with God and recognize that we don't have the big picture. I would think it had to be tough to wait for the Holy Spirit after Jesus' ascension. While Jesus had taught them many things before he left them, the disciples clearly didn't have full comprehension of what was coming, and they had no clear answer as to their question about the kingdom's restoration. And they had little to no understanding that what they were doing was critical for the church, that mysterious making of one body out of Jews and Gentiles that is built upon the foundations of the apostles, as Ephesians 2.20 tells us. God's intention for the kingdom was far bigger 
than their unmet expectation. The very act of waiting amidst unmet, unmet expectations, then, is foundational to the entire body of Christ throughout eternity. And that includes our own waiting. And we should not do our waiting alone. As we see in Acts, the apostles were praying, discerning the scriptures, and making decisions as future members of what would be the church. So how do we deal with times when God does not, or at least does not seem to, meet our expectations? Take a step of faith, trust that God knows everyone's hearts and will act for our good, and wait patiently amidst disappointment with God, recognizing that we do not have the full picture. This goes along with what Father Morgan said two weeks ago about how faith, trust, and patience are needed to obey God because his commandments sometimes seem archaic and because we don't know what God will do when we obey him. So Tom Petty might be right when we, when, that while we take it on faith and we take it to the heart, the waiting is the hardest part. But that waiting is foundational to the Christian life and we are called to wait patiently.